Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I hope that you are doing well today. I'm excited to be back with you again. It is a little earlier in the morning for me, so if my voice is sounding a little different, that's probably why. But nonetheless, I'm excited to be back with you and to dive right back into our series that we've been doing on God's original intent, because, you know, God um, from the very beginning had very clear intentions around his creation, around his family and around how he wanted us to live and experience the gift called life. And so we're going to pick right back up with where we left off last time. We're now in episode 41 and we're still talking about God's original intent around our faith around what it means um, to really operate in the God kind of faith. And so I want to pick up with some scriptures that just once again kind of highlight for you and reaffirm for you what the power of your words can do in your life. When we left off last time, we saw God teaching Adam all about the power of words, all about how to use his words the same way God had used his words to create Everything that was from the heavens and the earth and the waters that cover the earth and every living creature that covers the earth and even man himself and ultimately woman. So the first family, Adam and Eve. So now we're going to keep looking at this pattern throughout the word because God's original intent has never changed. He didn't get to, you know, um, 2000 years later when Jesus was in the earth and said, you know what? I think I'm going to change things up. I'm going to do it a different way. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and eight teaches us. So in Proverbs, um, Proverbs is really amazing in teaching us even more about all the things that can happen with our words when we use our words for better or for worse, but definitely showing us some of the good things that come from our words. So in Proverbs 12 and 14, there the scripture says that people get many good things by the words they say. Isn't that amazing? So we know we can get good things when we work hard. We know we can get good things, you know, when we maybe save, maybe when we um, make an investment, maybe when we do these things. But God said, you know, going back to how he operates and the sweatless victory and the authority he's given us as his children, he says we can also get many good things, not just a few, not just here or there, but many good things simply by the words that we say. Now, Proverbs 13 and 2 says that good people enjoy the positive results of their words. And I think it's important to emphasize good people. And why is that? It's because the Bible teaches us over in the New Testament that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it teaches us that a good man brings forth good treasure. Evil man brings forth evil treasure. In other words, you can't bring out what's not already in. You know, I can't pour you a glass of lemonade if I don't already have lemonade in the picture. You know, so first there has to be the lemonade to pour and then I can offer you a cool, refreshing, delicious glass of lemonade. It's the same with our lives. And so, yes, our words are are very powerful, 
But what's happening in our heart is equally as equally as powerful. Um, And it all comes together in what we refer to as the law of receiving. And I actually have a teaching on my website, an article on that. If you want to go look that up and, and learn more about it, Proverbs four teaches us about that in depthly. But when you have goodness inside, when you have the word of God in your heart, when you have faith in your heart, you know, when you have those good things working in you, then those good things coming from you as that good person are going to produce positive results as you speak them forth. Proverbs 18 and 21, we're very familiar with this scripture, teaches us that the power of life and listen at this and the power of death is in the tongue. It didn't say it was in the artillery and the weapons and all of these other natural things that, you know, can seemingly cause death or promote life, depending on what you're looking at. It took it all the way back to the core. The core of how we sometimes end up in situations that are full of life or situations that are causing death or separation from God's best. And it said it's the power or the results, because remember, I've taught you um, and I've taught over uh, over and over again that the definition of results or power, excuse me, is really the ability to get results. And so the Bible is saying the ability to get life is in your tongue. The ability to have death is in your tongue. The power of life and death starts in the tongue, starts in what we're saying. And so now that we know this, we can operate with precision. We can operate with strategy around the things that we want to draw to us and see created and multiplied in our lives and the things that we want to shut down and get rid of and eliminate from our lives by using our words wisely and strategically with the faith of God that he intended all along. So now let's go over to Mark 11 and let's see this in action because Jesus, as we know, is the living word and he came to fulfill the law of the Lord. So everything that we learn about God and how God operates and God's intentions for us in the earth, Jesus is and was the living embodiment of that in his earthly walk and in his earthly ministry. And he taught his disciples this lesson up close and personally. They saw him operate in this and they saw the power and the results that come when you speak on purpose, with purpose, and what it can bring to you. So we're going to go over to Mark 11. Let's pick up in verse 22. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation, but of course, If you're following along in a different translation, you can just listen or you can always go back and follow along in this translation when you have it available. So in verse 22, he says, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Now, some translations say have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. And what does that mean? That means everything that we just studied over in Genesis one and two, where God was showing us his kind of faith by see, saying it and then seeing it. 
speaking it and making it, speaking it and creating it, and ultimately enjoying it. Glory to God. So he says to his disciples, have faith in God, for I assure you that you can say to this mountain. See, you've got something to say. I've got something to say. And in this instance, he says, as an example, you can say to this mountain, may God lift you up and throw you into the sea and your command will be obeyed. Or in some translations, it says you will have what you say. And I want to pause there for a moment because so often the way we are tripped up and the way the enemy comes in and gives us those sucker punches is because he causes us to focus on saying what we have versus saying what we want to have. Because God said you can have what you say. But here's the kicker. You can have whatever you say that's good. Or you can have whatever you say that's not so good. Either way, it's going to work for you because it's a principle. It's a law. It works for anybody that gets involved with it. That's why involved with it. That's why people that don't even follow God and know God can get some measure of results by speaking. And you hear people, you know, talking about positive affirmations and all of that. And that's fine and good. But the real power The real one to punch is when you're speaking and releasing your faith in what God has already said, because the power is already there to bring itself to pass. Isaiah 55 teaches us that when he says that no word of mine will return void, but it will accomplish what it is sent out to do. In other words, it has the power to bring itself to pass. All we have to do is speak it and release it. Glory to God. And so here he says, I assure you, you can have what you say. And so why don't you do a self audit and start asking the Holy Spirit to help you to hear really what you're saying, especially when you're in hard places, especially when situations and circumstances are testing you and and the pressure is on and you're tempted to just speak all of the crazy that's surrounding you. You're tempted to, you know, go off or. Curse, curse, you know, what God has intended to bless you, whatever this scenario might be, you you know, just to be loose with your tongue. That's when you really want to ask the Lord to help you to guard your mouth, to guard your tongue and to be mindful of saying what you want. Just like God said, let there be light in the midst of darkness. He didn't want the darkness. He wanted the light. And so that's what he said. And that's what he had. So let's keep going. And he says, all that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. So that's where we're mixing what we say with what we believe. And that's where faith comes from. Faith is in two places. It's in our mouth and it's in our heart. So we always have to have faith in our mouth and faith in our heart. But many of us have only had faith in our heart and we've never clued in on the importance of saying something, of speaking, of releasing our faith with our words. So verse 24 says, listen to me, you can pray for anything. And if you believe it, you can have it or you will have it. And so once again, he's emphasizing what? What we say. 
what we pray, what we speak, what we declare. So do you see here that he emphasized speaking and words three times more than believing? Yes, belief is important. It's all important. You have to believe. And out of your belief, you should be speaking. The, the psalmist said, and then later in the New Testament, it was quoted that it said, we believe, therefore we speak. See, when you believe, it's going to move you to do something. It's going to move you to speak. And again, that's for the for your benefit or sometimes for your detriment. If you believe that that storm that the newscaster and the weatherman keeps forecasting over and over and over again is coming to your home. It's going to tear your house down. It's going to wreck your neighborhood. It's going to tear up your, your city. And you believe that and you start to speak it. Oh my gosh, the storm is going to rather than believing what God has said about your, the devourer being rebuked for your sake and your divine protection and speaking that and resisting that contrary word then yeah you'll probably speak the wrong thing and you'll consequently have the wrong thing and Jesus not only taught them this in word but he showed it to them indeed this was like show and tell day I don't know if you remember at school when you were in school when you were little but sometimes they would have what we call show and tell and that was the opportunity for you to, you know, show your classmates, share with your classmates something and kind of give a little, you know, kind of a little performance and a little recital over whatever it was that you were sharing. And Jesus did that here. In fact, he walked it out and then he explained to them what had happened because they saw it happen up close and personally. They saw it in motion but they weren't quite connecting the dots. And so that's what Jesus did in verses 22 through 24. And he finished it off in 25, by the way, tying it all together with forgiveness and saying, make sure when we're doing all the praying, when we're doing all the saying, when we're doing all the confessing, that we're also keeping our hearts clear through forgiveness. So if we have anything against anyone, if anyone has offended us, if anyone has done us wrong or trespassed against us, Go ahead and clear that out. Get all that bad energy, as they love to say these days. Get all of that clutter and ill will out of your spirit. Release that so that there's nothing blocking the blessing flow back to you. Now, over in verse 12, we see Jesus do something that, once again, is a living depiction of what he just taught. And this is where he curses a fig tree. And basically he and his disciples, I won't read all the verses in particular, but you can go back and read it. Basically they're going along and, you know, about to get going with the day. Jesus is hungry. It's the morning and he sees a fig tree. And so he's thinking, oh, wow, that fig tree is in full leaf. So he's expecting for there to be fruit there. But by the time he reaches it, he sees that it's really only leaves. It's like the fig tree. It psyched him out like, oh, look at me. Look at me. I've got all this good fruit because it had the leaves. And typically when they had the full leaf, there should be fruit. But when he got up to it, there was no fruit. So 
because of that, and really it was not the season for the fruit. It was kind of out of season. Jesus spoke to the tree. See, he, how did he curse the tree? He used words. That's how we bless and that's how we curse. And he said, may no man eat your fruit ever again. And that was it. He didn't go into some seance and some, you know, crazy ritual and all that craziness that people do. No, it's very basic with with the things of God. To bless is to empower to prosper with your words. To curse is to empower to fail with your words. Yourself or another, although it won't typically work on others, you know, especially if they're born again believers. Um, Now, if they're operating with the enemy, then, yeah, you have authority over that and you can absolutely break that power. So he he simply said to this tree, no one will ever eat fruit of you again. And the Bible says, and the disciples heard him. So he made sure they were listening. He made sure they were in on this display. He didn't go in the corner and hide and whisper, no man eat fruit of you ever again. How dare you? How dare you tempt me? I'm hungry. No, he stood in his authority. He spoke clearly and obviously he spoke loudly because there were 12 of them. So it had to be an earshot of at least 12 grown men hearing him say this. And then they went on with their day. So when it was time for them to go back past the fig tree the next morning. So this is a 24 hour period. This is a 24 hour window that has passed. Verse 20 tells us the next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it was withered from the roots. In other words, he said it and then he saw it. He spoke it and it was so. He said, no man will eat fruit of you ever again. And no man ate fruit of it ever again. Why? Because he cursed it from the roots. It was withered. That's how deep and powerful the word of God is when we speak. It goes to the root of the matter. It goes to the root of the sickness. It goes to the root of the pain. It goes to the root of the brokenness. It goes to the root of the poverty. It goes to the root of the, of the uh, depression, whatever it is. That is the power of God's word when we speak it out in faith and with the authority that he's invested in us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. And the Bible says Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree. So he's sitting there taking it all in. Now he's like, okay, wait, I remember when he said that tree to that tree that no man will eat fruit of you again. And on the previous day, he had said, look, oh, he remembered that. And then he said, look, teacher, the fig tree you curse is withered. So he was amazed and he was like, look, it really happened. You said that it had happened. And so they were, they were, they were geeking out. They were really excited. And I would have been too. It's like, Oh, I'm with the man. He's got the power. This is my Lord. But what Jesus wanted them to get. And that's when he began to teach them. You can have what you say. You can say to a mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea and it will obey you. He wanted them to see that it just wasn't him that could speak that and see that come to pass. They also could do it. We also can and should do it. And the most 
amazing thing out of all of this is that Jesus was actually going around speaking to things. <laughs> I mean, did you get that? Did you catch that? Don't let that don't let that pass you by. He was speaking to things. And absolutely, you can speak to things. Honey, I speak to things. I speak to my body. I speak to my bank accounts. I speak to situations and circumstances that I need to be in a certain form or fashion. I speak to parking spaces and say, you need to be free for me when I get here. I'm going to this mall that's always crowded and busy. And I don't want to have to drive around in loops for 20 minutes trying to find a parking space. So angels go forth and clear the parking space for me. Get me a good parking space. I speak to the traffic. If I've got somewhere to be and that traffic is starting to get thick, I start to speak to it and tell it to clear out. And I loose my angels to clear it out, to make the crooked places straight, the rough places smooth. You know, you've got to get very comfortable with being the prophet of your life. Not waiting for things to happen, not seeing how the day is going to go, but on purpose using your authority, using the words of your mouth, using the faith of God through his scripture, through the word to create, to shape, to form, to undo in, in some cases, because the enemy, he's still going to try to come in and do things. And you have the power to bind the strong man. You have the power to loose what needs to be loose, to bind what needs to be bound to call in the power of God, to plead the blood of Jesus, to rebuke the hand of the enemy, to say, no, you don't, no, you won't. To stand your ground in Christ Jesus. You know, if somebody was trying to come at you and harm you in the natural, I think you would stand your ground and, and, and know your rights as it relates to protecting yourself and defending yourself. Similarly, we have an assailant in the spirit realm who's daily trying to take us out. And so it's not enough for us just to passively go through life. Oh, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. If God really wanted me to have this or that, then I would have it. If God really wanted that person not to die, they wouldn't have died. No, don't believe the lie. God has said here, from the very beginning, how we were supposed to do this thing, how it's supposed to work, and it hasn't changed. So I hope you're stirred up to see, A, that you have something to say. And you should be expecting when you speak the word of God from your heart and faith for things to happen. Good. Good things, many good things. If the enemy is trying to come in and cause your children to act crazy and go off the rails, you start speaking over your kids. You start speaking the word of God over them. Great is the peace of my children and the anointing of Jesus upon them. Blessed is the fruit of my body. You know, whatever it might be, your marriage, your relationships, your, your jobs, your business. You've so, you have something to say and Nobody's going to believe what you say the way you believe what you say. Yes, I can pray for you. I can confess the word of God over your life. Your pastor can do it. A prayer partner can do it. A counselor can do it. But it's not going to resonate as much as when 
you do it. So this is the day and time we're living in where we can't afford, as I've said before, to be lazy about our spiritual lives. It's too much on the line. And we have a kingdom to advance. We have kingdom business to fulfill before Jesus comes back. So one other thing, let's look at Romans 4, 17. Very familiar probably to many of you. But in this scripture, it goes all the way back once again to reinforcing what we've learned so far. And it says, even God calls things that be not as though they were. You said, even God does that. God's God's not too good to call things that be not as though they were. In fact, that's how he operates. That's his MO or his modus operandi. And so the takeaway should be that if God is doing that, then I should be doing that. If it benefits God and he's God, then how much more should it be and can it be benefiting me? In fact, that's what God wants for me. That's what he intended from the very beginning. I now see that. I now see that this is what God meant for me. I now see that he's given me this authority and this power with the power of my words and speaking forth the word and faith, creating, dominating in the earth, ruling and reigning with the power of my tongue. The message translation says with a word, he made something out of nothing. Oh, is that not good? Just listen at that. With a word. I mean, how awesome is it? With a word, he made something out of nothing. The Bible says the earth was void and formless. That means there was nothing there. But yet now we all live and breathe and exist in this glorious creation. And it all came from a word. A word. Think about that. While you're struggling and, you know, trying to make all this intricate stuff happen and go on doing acrobats in your mind. Just step back. And ask yourself, what word have you released about it? Yeah, there are things that you'll probably do still in the natural. You know, if you're trying to lose weight or be healthier, you're going to speak over your metabolism. You're going to speak over your body. You're going to speak over your appetite, but then you're probably going to also have to get up and exercise, you know, and, and cook better or eat better or whatever those things might be. So yes, there's action in addition sometimes to actually believing and speaking, but that is the core action. Without that, everything else is kind of just over in left field. No, we're hitting home runs. We're not hitting fly balls. We're not hitting, and I don't know baseball, so don't judge me. But we're here to hit home runs. Glory to God. We're called. We're champions in Christ Jesus. And so with a word, he made something out of nothing. What is in your life that you want to make something out of nothing? Maybe you want a relationship. Maybe you want a certain, you know, status in your career. Maybe you want, you know, to be healed from something that's happened in your life with a word. You can make something out of nothing. You can make 
riches out of rags. You can make joy out of sorrow. You can make peace out of chaos with the word. So I pray that you embrace what God has intended for us all along. You embrace the power of being another speaking spirit like God. Of having the faith of God, of operating like God, of being a co-creator with God, a co-laborer with God. A child of the Most High God and getting God results. Amen. I bless you. I thank you once again, as always, for listening and tuning in. I pray that you will be liberal with the podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do that. Follow, subscribe, share, download, comment, like all the things. I also love for you to stay connected with me online on my website at dawnrichards.org on social media dawn richards men on instagram and twitter and dawn richards ministries on facebook and until we are together again remember to live intentionally and to embrace the good life the abundant life in christ jesus god bless you